do not adjust your radio dial. You are tuned in to the Mark Order Podcast. Join the Mark Order. has come by the looks it's so Ryan. Meow. It hit him late. He gets it. He gets it. I don't even get it too much. Uh, it's the Mark Porter Podcast. Here on the Shining Wizards Network, three-man band in the house tonight. We got Ryan Swan. We got Asian Joe, and we're gonna talk about winter because it's here. Perhaps with the Golden Jets. Yeah. Ah, uh, boy. Uh, gentlemen. Ah, uh, boy. How's, how's uh, the week been so far? It's 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 weaking. Weaking's good. I am it's still waiting bad. for winter conditions to come up here. You're waiting for what to come? Winter. Winter? It's not there yet? Well, I guess the time difference, right? Maybe that's it. I don't know. Uh, so, uh, everybody's good. Everybody's, uh, enjoying winter now that it's come for like the last, I don't know. It's been here for what? Two hours and 18 minutes, I guess. I guess. I mean, I, I don't see any snow, so I'm not a hundred percent sure I agree with that, but. Hmm. Was now, it did you mean, no, no, did no. you mean to. No, no, no! Don't say it. It's not. It's uh, a. Okay. It just says it's the other thing. Okay, as long as we're clear. It's a T, because I'm not going to stand for that. If you get my drift. I I know. I it's warranted. I just want to make sure that was. Yeah, that's usually reserved for other people, but they've stopped coming to the chat. They get the they got the drift. If they're watching, you know who we're talking about. It's always a. It was always a staple. To put it always. Um, so Ryan, things are good. Things are grand. How about you, Aunt? Uh, they're good. I'm just making sure you're okay because <clears throat> it's been a bad couple weeks in the NFL for you. <laughs> just making sure. Doesn't bother me. Okay. I'm not trying to trying to get you know. Get in your uh, you're, you're you're trying to red velvet this. I understand. Stir it up? No. Yep. Oh, you're very clearly trying to stir it up. I'm just asking the hard hitting questions. Asian Joe, you're, you're a 
You're a Green Bay Packer fan? I am. How are you feeling? Um, eh. I mean, they lost to Tommy DeVito, so I don't know. Tommy Cutlets. Hey. I do appreciate them really you know, playing up the gimmick of with his agent and his family. And <clears throat> Well, it is no lie. He does still live at home with his family. And I was having a discussion with this with Mrs. Money. I said, if that was me, I would have been like, I'm going to stay here, but I'm going to rent some apartment and not even move anything in. Just have my name on a lease. Dirt cheap. So if somebody asks, to be like, nope, I have my own place. You could check the records. I'm just more caught up in his agent. His agent couldn't get more Goomba Johnny if you tried. I mean, yeah, I mean, he looks like he belongs on the Sopranos. Here's uh, here's something. You guys might not know. I've never seen an episode of The Sopranos. That's disturbing. I don't know how I, to respond to that. I, I have no desire. It seems boring. Hmm. One of the greatest TV shows ever created. I've also never seen Game of Thrones, and everybody tells me how great that is. No desire. What do you watch? I watch plenty of stuff. Naked attraction. Like if that's your your bar, then I don't know what we're doing here, Ant. No, I don't watch solely naked attraction. I honestly, after we talked about it, I don't think I ever went back and watched any more of it. It had a very yeah, two viewings is enough. It had a very quick, you know, shelf life. Have did you guys happen to see the Mother God Love Has One documentary on HBO? No. Everybody's shaking their heads. Um, yeah, watch that. I'll say this. It's three episodes. They're an hour because they're a true HBO doc. But it moves very fast. Um, it's weird, to say the least. It's called Love Has Won. Maybe something like The Story of Mother God or something like that. I don't know. It's fucking weird. And I thought it took place like, you know, I don't know, in the early aughts, it, everything went down within the last like three years. So it's weird. It's good to know cults are still up and running. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just still, uh, I don't know if it's infatuated with them or I'm just always blown away by how fucking stupid I take everybody to be who gets sucked into it. Yeah, because you're just when, trying to figure out how to start your own. No, I don't know if I could juggle running a cult and everything else that's going on. I don't even know if I don't know if I could live the gimmick, Ryan. That's the problem. Well, I live I've been a leader. I've been a follower. It's it's more fun to be a leader, but you you have more sex as a follower. You're Nothing close. Going. I think it's it, um, you have more fun as a follower, but you make more money. Oh as yeah. Leader. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you guys should definitely watch that. I would love to discuss that. That's It's a fucking weird one, man. Especially because I'm just going to throw this one thing at you, and then it might be enough to get you to figure out, like, go watch and figure this out. This woman 
called herself Mother God. And she was like the reincarnation of God. And she was going to ascend. I don't know. Aliens were going to come pick her up or some shit like that. Clouds or spaceships. Okay. The hook that I'm going to tell you is she had a bunch of what they called celestials. And those were like beings who were talking to her and sort of guiding her. One of them was Robin Williams. And at many points in the documentary, they make reference and say, Robin was speaking to Mother God, or Robin was speaking to Mother and telling her blah, blah, blah. And they all believe it. They all are like, yeah, Robin said. And it didn't hit me at first what they were talking about, and then I had to go back, and I was like, they're talking about goddamn Robin Williams. But there's a whole picture of who her celestials were. You guys have to see it for that alone. I promise you there's no, it's not a naked game show. I feel like I'm watching Dateline that did a story about her. They probably did. So. They probably did. So yeah, Ryan, I watch stuff. I'm currently re-watching Daredevil. I'm just saying, you're missing out on some great shows. Do you know what else I tried once, Ryan, and I never got through it? Well, I think I've mentioned, like, people used to say Lost was so great. Mm. No. Um, never. I got through, like, two episodes of Lost and then bailed on it. And I don't bail on a lot of stuff. Like, I'll try to see it through, but I couldn't hack Lost. Um, tried to watch The Wire. And I just really... Get out. It's no, no, no. That is my favorite, favorite drama show. Yeah. I enjoyed it, but then, like... I don't know why I just didn't keep up with it. So I'm telling you, Ryan, I must have seen the first two episodes or three episodes of The Wire like nine times a piece, and I just don't keep going. I don't know it why. Amazing. I know. I have to give that a fair shot. My commute is so short now, though, that I don't have a lot of time to like watch stuff on the train to and from work. So I don't know. Well, glad to hear you guys are doing okay. Um, I don't know. Uh, Christmas is coming if you celebrate. Uh, but um, I don't know. There's a pay-per-view Friday. Is it a pay-per-view for Ring of Honor? We'll talk about that card a little bit. Uh, we're not really covering it. Um, but, boy, winter is coming out a lot of action tonight. And especially in the... Um, and the Continental Classic. So we're going to talk about that in the second half. Why don't we talk a little bit first about what happened Friday night and Saturday night on Rampage and Collision, respectively. And Danielson wrestled uh, two nights in a row, if you're living and dying by the TV uh, schedule. Uh, so on Friday for Rampage, we had Orange Cassidy defeating An Angelico. Uh, Abaddon defeated Trish Adora. And then afterwards, Julia Hart was in the ring with Abaddon. She laid the belt down on the ring. Abaddon picked it up. Lights go out. They come back, and Julia and the ringer, the title are gone. So we're lighting that up. Uh, Takeshita and Power. Oh, ooh. Takeshita and Powerhouse Hobbs uh, defeated Matt Seidel and Christopher Daniels. That was a bloodbath. Um, 
In the Continental Classic, we had Brian Danielson, and this was the main event. Brian Danielson defeated Daniel Garcia. So Daniel Garcia still pointless uh, in the uh, in the classic. Danielson gets another three points. Uh, and then afterwards, he spits on Garcia and celebrates his win. As Rampage goes on the air, Garcia's a little distraught. Holding his head in his hands, that ended the show. But there was a video um, afterwards where Danielson sort of explained why he did that. Um, and he said that, uh, I'll give the synopsis here. He said, sometimes I do things that I don't know why. And when I come back here and meditate, I figure out why a lot of stuff comes up when I started the match. Uh, a lot of stuff that comes up from last year, things that I try to forget, but my body remembers last year telling Daniel Garcia that his entire life, he's wanted to be a wrestler and not a sports entertainer. And then what happened? When I was facing Jericho in a Ring of Honor world title match, he completely betrayed me. And I get it. That happens in wrestling. But if he would have joined the BCC, I would have treated him like a son. I would have treated him like a son. And it also goes up, um, and it also brings up this fear that I promised my daughter that this would be my last full uh, my last full-time year as a professional wrestler. And this fear that of, uh, that of if by the time that I go home and I make that promise that she doesn't want me anymore and I couldn't articulate it and I was out there, but my body felt it. My body felt that fear because eventually she's going to grow up and she's not going to want her dad around. And am I giving up this thing that I love so much for somebody who might not even want me? But then I've talked about this before. That's when you have to look deep down to see if you truly understand what love is. I'm going to stop being a full-time wrestler and I'm going to go back and be with my daughter. I'm going to be with my son, even when they don't want me there, because even when they don't want me there, they need me there. You can see in Daniel Garcia last year, he didn't want me there, but a year later, one year later, he's still struggling to find his identity. He needed me there. That doesn't make the spitting right, but if you want to know why I spit on Daniel Garcia, that's why. So, gentlemen, the reason I bring that up is, well, one, uh, just so you guys know, I thought Rampage was a was a fine show for an hour of wrestling. Glad to see the Abaddon and Julia Hart thing getting, you know, moving forward. Uh, and then the uh, Garcia-Danielson match was was fantastic. Do you guys like the spitting thing and the reason why I'm I'm still having trouble connecting the dots here with the spitting and this whole like being there for somebody when they don't want you there? I'm, I'm giving this honest thought because I wasn't prepared for this question. Well, that's what I bring. I bring the hard-hitting questions. Also, SJ, uh, I'm with you. I do love Abaddon as well. I'm very glad to see her back in the ring. A program with her and Julia Hart will be great. Joe, it looks like you've got a thought. It's interesting to see Brian in these last couple matches and his post-match behavior um, as far as, you know, spinning, with, spinning on Daniel Garcia, you know, taunting Eddie Kingston with A is a bum sign. Um, she's kind of really like digging at people and like going beyond 
you know, what's necessary. And then, you know, he comes out of the ring, he's a completely different person again. Um, but maybe it's just the mindset he had to have in order to to win the tournament. Um, I guess I, 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 it's the only thing I can think of. I hear what you're saying, Joe. But Ryan, do you think that, like, for me, I almost just wish he would have been like, I spit on Garcia because he he rejected my offer, and look where he is now. He's less than me. Like, I would have been more okay with that than what he said was just, to me, like, I love Danielson, and usually I love his promos. It just felt so disconnected. So I'm trying to, I think the whole thing they're trying to get across is Danielson is, is coming to the end of a career that he doesn't like granted. He has said he'll wrestle still, but just not full time, but he's coming to the end of a career that he almost lost before. And he's coming to the end of a career that he doesn't actually want to end, but he's choosing to be around his kids. So I think the whole point they're trying to get across, and I don't know if it's coming across is that he's pissed off at these guys. He feels are wasting their career. Daniel Garcia is young, has all the potential in the world, and is doing nothing with it in, in, in Danielson's mind. Screw you. Eddie Kingston, you had both belts. You put them online, and then you're losing all your matches. Screw you. Like I think that's what they're trying to get across. I don't know if it's come across yet, but I think that's where they're going with it. Is that like that's why he's saying, I have, you know, my kids, I'm 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 going home because my kids who as kids get older, they want to see their parents less. And I love this career. I don't want this career to actually end, but I have to. And so he's mad at these guys who don't, who have time left and are wasting it. See now, Ryan, what you say makes complete sense to me. I just wish it would have come across. Like it just didn't come across like that to me. It just felt like there were so many dots to connect. You know what I mean? It just, it didn't feel cohesive to me, I guess is what I'm saying. It's definitely not, which is why it took me a second to even put that together because I think I think that's where they want to go. I don't think they've gotten there yet. But I think that give them time, they might. Well, Danielson's in action again on Saturday. Uh, and in Collision, we have our opening match is the Continental Classic tournament match between Eddie Kingston and Claudio Castagnoli. Eddie gets a win here over Claudio. Um, that kind of surprised me. Um, Willow Nightingale defeated Mercedes Martinez. Uh, and then afterwards, Diamante and Mercedes attack Willow. And Chris Statlander makes the save. Uh, Wardlow defeats Willie Mack. Poor Willie. Um, Kenny Omega defeated Ethan Page, uh, which uh, was a pretty good match as well. Um, Love to see Ethan Page. Ethan Page has a big match to, uh, Friday night, excuse me, against none other than Tony Nese. My goodness. Um, Penta uh, and Commander defeated Daddy Magic and Angelo Parker. Uh, another cla uh, Continental Classic match, uh, our, our main event of the night, we had Andrade El Idolo and Brian Danielson. And Andrade winds up beating Danielson. During this match, he uh, was able to rip the face mask or the eye patch off him, uh, dig into the scar or the the stitch 
wherever the stitching uh, wound was over his eye. We get some color. And after the match, the doctors and medical staff come to check on Danielson. Andrade's trying to check on him, too. The BCC come down, shove Andrade out of the way. You know, he motions that he'll be winning that triple crown, and the staff is still checking on Brian as Collision goes off the air. <clears throat> so, um, I guess just jumping back to the top of the card, uh, Joe, I'll ask you first. Um did you find it a little surprising that Eddie Kingston came out with a win over Claudio? I guess I, uh, I'm surprised that he's won now, like what back to back matches over Claudio. Um, I mean, I, I know Eddie needed a win, but um, it was interesting that they had Claudio take the loss again against him. Uh, but right. you know, I, I enjoyed their match. I feel like every match of theirs is a little bit different. So um, this one was a little bit more of their characters in the ring, more than maybe, you know, the move set that they do. Right. It is amazing. Uh, Ryan, you spent so much time on, on Twitter with our, our Twitter machine. You have to have seen all the, all the chatter out there about what a lazy worker Eddie is and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And this is the same match. I mean, I don't know, man. He wrestles his style. You know what I mean? Like, he's not going to fucking change his style. People hate Eddie just because they want to hate Eddie. Um, those people tend to just want to hate. He's a target in AEW to hate, and that's who tends to be a lot of those same people who just don't want to like anything in AEW as it is because he kind of exemplifies, like, he, he wouldn't work in WWE, so he's an easy wrestler. The only thing I will say is he does wrestle his match. It's his match. He can only really wrestle one style. I mean, maybe he can wrestle others, but he found the one that works and the one he gets cheers for and the one that gets him over. I don't want to say he can't. He just goes with the one that works, which a lot of wrestlers do. Yeah. You know, I think we we kind of get spoiled that there's a lot of great wrestlers out there now who can wrestle three or four styles, but majority of wrestlers just wrestled their one. They re- they have their style. They know it works for them. If they're over enough. That's the style they're going to wrestle in a match of Claudio versus Eddie. Yes, star power wise, they're about equal in AEW, but Eddie is over enough where Claudio and Claudio is good enough to it. Claudio is a guy who can adjust his style. So why would you try to force Eddie to do something when Claudio can make it work? It just, again, I I feel like people want to hate Eddie because he exemplifies what AEW is to some people which I don't know why it's a bad thing that it's just like this regular looking dude who, who goes out and fights, but it is to people, but I don't think he's lazy. He just listen, Bret Hart wrestled a very similar style for most of his career. Shawn Michaels wrestled a very similar style for most mm-hmm. of his career. Hulk Hogan very much wrestled the same match for his entire career. It's okay. Like if you know what works for you, go with it. Sure. And it, it's amazing too, where there's not the same type of criticism. It seems like for other contemporary wrestlers, uh, you know, even, even in the E who work the same style, the same move set, hit all the same points in every single match. Look at fucking, I mean, prime example of this is Roman reigns. He hits that fucking spear and the Superman punch. It's always the same shit. It's oh. over with people. Like, if that's what you're into, that's fine. But it's the same thing 
for Roman Reigns as it is for Eddie, as it is for, you know, Kenny Omega with some of his moves, right? Like every wrestler has these signature moves to hit. It's going to happen. Like that's where we are. Five moves of doom. Oh, the five moves of doom. Um, did you guys like Willow sneaking out with a win? I loved it. Well overdone, overdue. I mean, Mercedes had her number in the last few matches, so she needed this one. And I think I like worse setting up a tag match. Yes. Uh, I do like setting up the tag match. I also wouldn't mind seeing a singles program between Mercedes and Chris Statlander. I mean, that seems like it could be a pretty good program because they're sort of two women wrestlers who are, you know, um, sort of billed as being, you know, two really tough women, right? Tough, strong competitors. So that could be a lot of fun if we do sort of eventually get there. But I don't know. I don't know when we're going to get there. We definitely need a tag match first. Uh, no, uh, actually, let me, I'll put this one out there. Any surprise, Ryan, I'll go to you first. Any surprise seeing Eddie, uh, sorry, Kenny Omega eke out a win over Ethan Page, especially with Ethan Page going into an important match for Ring of Honor? No, I mean, I love Ethan Page. I wish it wouldn't be a surprise if he beat Kenny Omega. I think at some point in his career, he will get there. But right now, he's not there. He's wrestling in ROH and Kenny Omega is Kenny Omega. So, no, there was no surprise. What I think they did well here was what they used to do when I want them to get back more to is when a guy loses, um, have him lose not because of outside – like have him look good in a loss – not because it took cheating to beat him, but just because he looked really good in a loss. I think they did that with with uh, Ethan Pager. I think he looked really good. He just isn't quite a Kenny's in their booking at Kenny's level yet. And he's got to go, and he's going to beat Tony Nese, and he's got to do all that. And as he builds himself up, let him, let him get to that level. But, yeah, him winning now would have been the shock of, the, of my year, I think. Especially over Kenny. I mean, maybe the ba- – Maybe the the better question, Joe, is should they have had Ethan Page wrestle somebody where he had a shot at winning, sort of going into the pay per view uh, on or you know the Ring of Honor pay per view, maybe to try to like coax people into to you know joining the club to watch the show. I mean, you can go that route. That seems to be a, a common route that you go with, but you can also go the route of kind of like what Ryan is saying is. Put him up against Kenny Omega, and you can really feature Ethan Page and put him back out in, the, in front of a broader audience and you know, showcase him, uh, help people remember what he can do, show off his you know, his new phys- linger physique. Um, He's pulling out some moves that I don't think I've seen since I don't watch ROH that much. So there are some things that he did this match that I don't remember seeing before. So, um, there's a nice little springboard cutter, and uh, so yeah, I think you can you can um, do the same thing as you know, watching a guy as you can losing as a top guy. Yeah, it's just an interesting. Uh, I guess it's interesting to me, and I understand what you're saying completely, both of you guys. It's just interesting where I guess you would want to try to be selling people on like, hey, sign up for the Honor Club, like you know, Ethan Page. 
big win tonight. Is he going to come out with a win over Tony Nice? You know, find out. But he sort of I gets mean, out with a loss. If people haven't signed up for the Iron Club now, are they going to sign up? I don't disagree, to be honest. I don't disagree. Um, also, didn't mention it in the rundown because we just covered the matches. Fantastic uh, promo with CJ Perry and um, Miro where CJ Perry is hyping up Andrade and then Miro interrupts and asks like, when's the last time you said so many nice things about me? And he wanted her back home cooking and cleaning while he makes the money. And, uh, you know, she calls him delusional, but he says once the classic is over, so is Andrade. So it looks like after this, we're going to get a little program, which, which, which would be nice. Wish we had gotten it earlier, but you know, it is what it is. So I just thought that was hilarious, which also is fantastic because of the sign that was in the crowd tonight where it said CJ Perry equals breadwinner. Just fantastic. Um, and then guys, I guess the the big one to ask about here is so Friday night we see Danielson, he spits on Garcia, he's looking good, loses to Andrade. Um, in the main event, any surprise there? I think we all sort of thought maybe Danielson was going to run the table here, maybe not win the tournament, but, um, you know, I, I don't necessarily know if I had him losing to Andrade on my bingo card. Uh, it was a little surprising to me. Um, Joe, I'll go, I'll ask you first. Cause I put Ryan with Ethan page and Kenny Omega surprised to you. Yeah, this is more of a surprise than Eddie being Claudio again for me. Um, but I liked what they did with this match and, and how they had Andrade win against Danielson with, you know, doing whatever it took, uh, working over the eye, um, being ruthless uh, to the point of, you know, doing everything that the BCC would do to win. Um, and then that kind of carried on over... Um, to his next round opponent, his next opponent, where like his Brody King tonight, we'll talk about. But um, so yeah, I think it was a surprise, but I liked how they did it. Yeah, it was pretty brutal to see <clears throat> what Andrade was doing, you know. But we know he can be that type of guy, you know what I mean? He just hasn't necessarily been that guy a whole bunch. Ryan, surprised to you to see Danielson lose this? No, I love this. This is this is a uh, this is great. I think it's telling a story of Andrade going for Danielson's broken eye after he's the one credited with breaking the eye or orbital bone, whatever. Um, so they're forming an old a story that they can come back to anytime they want, which is what I love about this story. Um, kind of gives Andrade a little bit of momentum and a push that I think people weren't expecting for him. A little bit of a a little bit of um adversity, so to say, for Danielson. Like, you mm. know, a little bit of I think he was expected to cakewalk. And now he's gotta he's gotta earn it. So I like it because you get a story. You get like three stories out of this. You have Andrade targeting Danielson's eyes. You have the story of Andrade versus Danielson. You have the story of Andrade doing much better in the tournament than people gave him credit for, and being very dirty and evil by going for an eye. And you have the story of Danielson now having a loss that no one expected he'd have. Not to also mention that coming out of this match, <clears throat> excuse me, not coming out of this match, it looks like 
there's a possible issue between Andrade and the BCC, right? The pushing and the shoving after this match. Um, Miro certainly has let his opinion be heard that uh, Andrade's finished after the tournament. So even beyond the match, Ryan, like there's there's more for them to do. Like they have a lot of things that they're setting up. So, um, but that was Collision and Rampage. And then just because that sort of was the end of week three in the Continental Classic, at that point in time, the week three results are as follows. In the Gold League, Moxley defeated Roosh. Swerve Strickland defeated Mark Briscoe. Jay White defeated Jay Lethal. In the Blue League, uh, Danielson defeated Daniel Garcia. Eddie Kingston defeated Claudio Castagnoli. And then doing double duty in week three, uh, Brian Danielson lost to Andrade. Uh, So at that point in time, uh, at the end of Saturday night, in the Gold League, Swerve and Mox both had nine points. Jay White had six. Roosh with three, and then Jay Lethal and Mark Briscoe, both zero points sort of mathematically eliminated from contention. In the Blue League, um, a three-way tie at the top, Brody King, Andrade, and Danielson with six points, Uh, although Brody King didn't have a match in week three, but he has a match tonight, so we'll talk about it. Uh, Eddie Kingston has three points, Claudio has three points, and Daniel Garcia still had none. Um, uh, so, you know, uh, there were a lot of stories going on this week. We knew that we were going to get four matches. We got them all tonight. Moxley versus Swerve, Jay White versus Briscoe, uh, Roosh versus Jay Lethal and Brody King versus Andrade. So we are definitely going to talk about that, but before we do, we're going to step aside. We've got a lot to talk about for winter is coming. I might have some unpopular opinions, but we'll discuss that in uh, in the the second half. So let's take a break. Let's gather our thoughts. Uh, let's stay tranquilo, and everybody stay tuned and listen to some of these words from some of the other fine shows that are part of the Shining Wizards Network. Thank each and every one of you for tuning in every Monday night to listen to the Shining Wizards. If you'd like to continue to support us outside of listening, we've got a few ways for you to do that. If you shop at Amazon, go over to Amazon.ShiningWizards.com, do your shopping as usual, and when you make your purchase, a little bit of that purchase price will go back to support the show. If you like to wear t-shirts, Merch.ShiningWizards.com will take you to our Pro Wrestling Tees store, where we've got over a dozen great designs from over 11 years of professional wrestling podcasting. You can become a Patreon supporter at Patreon.com slash Wizards Podcast, where each and every week we call out your name as one of our show producers, and the more you support us, the more things that you're entitled to receive, and believe me, they are fantastic. If you can't support us monetarily, if you don't shop at Amazon, that's absolutely fine. Continue to listen to us wherever you listen to us on the World Wide Web, and make sure you like, rate, review, subscribe, do all that good stuff. Doesn't cost you anything, helps us out, and we can continue to bring you the love fest that is The Shining Wizards. What's up, folks? It's your boy, the Impact Player, Mr. Philly Ray, inviting all of you to check out the Turnbuckle Throwbacks Wrestling Podcast. Join us as we cover all things current in the world of pro wrestling, as well as paying homage to the old school, the squared circle. So listen in and find out why we are the recognized symbol of excellence in sports, entertainment, broadcasting. Find us on all social media platforms and anywhere you get your podcast from. And as always, we are the proudest members of the Shining Wizards Network and Rant Entertainment Media. 
Are you tired of being lied to every day by the mainstream media? Do you want to know what's really going on in the world? Do you want to make up your own mind about things and not be told what to think or say? Then listen to Inconclusive Breakdown, a weekly anti-PC look at the world of entertainment and current events brought to you without censorship or filters. You can find us everywhere you listen to podcasts, BitChute, and on ShiningWizardsNetwork.com. And also, we're a proud member of the Shining Wizards Network. Got 30 minutes to kill? Come check out 30 Screams or Less, where we review a horror movie in 30 minutes or less. We cover new movies and old ones, too. We'll give our honest thoughts on the movie, good or shit, as well as a rating of each one that we watch. New episodes weekly available on the Shining Wizards Network and wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'm Steve. And I'm Corey. Come check us out at 30 Screams or Less. G'day guys, my name is Thomas, one half of the Broadcast Podcast. With our podcast, we go back and watch wrestling events from WWE, WWF, WCW, ECW, AEW, and many other wrestling promotions. You can check us out on Twitter at the Broadcast, that's T-H-E-B-R-O-K-A-S-T, and you can also download all episodes on Apple Podcast, CastBox, Castro, and many other podcast apps. you like your music heavy then check out radioactive metal on the shining wizards network for over 16 years now radioactive metal has been one of the longest running podcasts over the years we've interviewed some legendary metal acts had some awesome discussions and cranked a hell of a lot of tunes so join your cool uncle snowy and his co-host aaron for the audio mosh pit that is radioactive metal here on the Shining Wizards Network. Well, the action is underway! What's up, everyone? When on the Shining Wizards Network, be sure to check out Wrestling Night in Canada. If we're not recording another kick-ass podcast... Or playing in punk bands. Or recording kick-ass heavy metal albums. Then we're sitting back, we're grabbing a couple brews, and going over everything to do in the world of pro wrestling. Because we're from Winnipeg, you idiots. The Mark Order Podcast is the only show you need if you're looking for dedicated coverage of everything AEW on the Shining Wizards Network. Join us live on YouTube every Wednesday night at 10.15 p.m. Eastern after Dynamite to chat along with the show. If you can't join us live, listen to us on your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on all social channels at MarkOrderPod and use the hashtag JoinTheMarkOrder because if you don't find us, we will find you. I'm Kevin Rowe. I'm Al Day. And we're a couple of down-under pounders that co-host... Dots, an action figure collecting podcast where we talk about, well, just about anything that tickles our fancy at any given moment. We're grumpy old men, and sometimes people get on our nerves, and if you get on our nerves, guess what? You get off the lawn. Get off my lawn, asshole! We also go on a little bit of a mission. We go back and we're grading every 
wrestling figure in mind that's out there. I'm talking LJNs. I'm talking Jacks. I'm talking Hasbros. Who doesn't like a little Hulk of Blacks? It's a Gorilla Brain Wrestling Podcast production found on the Shining Wizards Network. I'm Duke Bags. Kevin Rowe. And together we are the co-hosts of your Duke and Road. If you want to hear about some terrible wrestling shows, we got you covered. Well, we talk about good ones, too. We're currently talking about the death of WCW. I know what we're fucking talking about! Sometimes we get uh, guest spots, like from the Taskmaster. I like to uh, I like to listen to the Year of Duke and Rope podcast. They're uh, funny guys. That uh, I like when they I like when they talk about the the, the Nards plows. I like Nards plows. That's uh, that's a good move. And uh, I like the Dungeon of Doom. You know, sometimes sometimes I, I call my butt the Dungeon of Doom. Thanks, guys. Yeah, Oklahoma. Let me tell you a little bit about my favorite wrestling podcast. All right. Podcast for two men. Two men, Duke Banks, Kevin Rowe. They talk about professional wrestling. It's a man's sport. Alright? And who better to talk about a man's sport than Duke Oklahoma. And once in a while, Vince Russo stops by. Oh, you piece of shit! If you're not listening to your Duke and Rowe podcast in the back with the boys, you piece of shit, I don't know what you're doing. Uh, you got a slight one in there? If you're a man, if you're a man, you're talking about something only a man can do. You're talking about sliding one in there. Bro, take the time to slide one in there. All right, bro, you piece of shit. Slide one in there. A Gorilla Brain Wrestling podcast production that you can find on the Shining Wizards Network. All right, everybody, we're back here on the Mark Order Podcast. Also, proud members of the Shining Wizards Network. And we want to let you guys know to follow us on all of our socials at Mark Order Pod on X, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. Make sure you're following us because we've got a whole bunch of stuff that we're working on for 2024, and we will certainly put details out there. The first thing I'll mention about that is we're going to be starting a Saturday night watch along for collision. So stay tuned. We don't have a name for it yet. Maybe we're going to shop work some name, you know, workshop some names. Maybe we're going to see if anybody has a name for us. I don't know, but follow us on our socials. So you can find out about all of the things that we have planned in the hopper for 2024, because we are going to be putting out more content. Um, and some other fun stuff. Um, the other thing we want you to do is to prepare for that. Head over to YouTube, subscribe, youtube.com slash Mark order pod. Um, you know, uh, sign up, get alerts, all that kind of stuff. So you can be sure anytime we're ready to go live or we put up new content, you know about it first. We're trying to get to 500 subscribers slowly and steadily. We are making our way and don't forget. 500 wins something special. There's nobody here to deny it. Win a date with Kate. So, uh, you know, 500. Let's get there. Uh, but the other thing you could do, too, if you'd like to support us financially, head over to our link tree on our social bios and hit the link to our Pro Wrestling Tees store. You could also go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Mark Order Pod or just search the Mark Order Podcast 
on ProWrestlingTees.com, and you'll find our store right here with our four T-shirts um, there for you to purchase. Two front prints, two front and back prints. Don't know if there's going to be another sale going on before the end of the year, but you know, get somebody you know something really nice for Christmas and show your support for the Mark Order podcast. Thanks to everybody who's already ordered a shirt, and we thank you for uh, anybody who's going to purchase a shirt in the future. So, gang, all the business out of the way. Um, let's get to talking about winter is coming. That's right. Winter is coming to Arlington, Texas, where historically temperatures plummet and they have feet and feet of snow once winter arrives. Wait, that's completely wrong. I'm thinking of Minneapolis. Um, but either way, winter is coming was the uh, dynamite edition we got tonight. A lot of stuff um, happening tonight. And we start out with Samoa Joe opening up the show. We don't even get the open tonight. Just Samoa Joe makes his entrance. They get a recap of the attack last week on MJF. And Joe introduces himself to Texas, who are already pretty aware of who he is. <clears throat> and he said he's come there, uh, come here tonight looking for answers. And not a long time ago, he promised MJF that he'd keep him whole until he could dismantle him personally at World's End and become the AEW world champion. But last week, he was made into a liar by the uh, machinations of the devil. Uh, he says he saw a beer bottle of a certain brand of a beer that a certain cowboy enjoys and then smelt a certain scent of Stetson and disappointment, but he couldn't find this certain cowboy. And then enters the cowboy, Hangman Adam Page. And he says if Joe wants to accuse him of something, he should just say it like the man he is. And if you think he had anything to do with it, you'd be surprised because he doesn't care about the bromance or laser tag or the game of whodunit. He just doesn't care. And Joe says that he made a mistake thinking he's out here as a detective when maybe he's out here as the executioner. But that's when Roddy enters with the kingdom and interrupts and says, Joe should listen to Hangman because he's his young boy after all. And he asked if Joe has seen him, uh, has seen what's been happening. And he spins this conspiracy web about Max being the devil himself. And then Paige tries to intervene, but Roddy's not having it and tells him he's not talking to him. And then Adam uh, punches him in the face with the right hand uh, for good measure. And then ref Aubrey sort of restores order. And, um, the match sort of gets underway after uh, Roddy takes off the neck, neck brace and gets back in and starts to go in after uh, Hangman. I'm going to pause it there because the, the opening segment I want to sort of get some thoughts on before we talk about the match. So we're continuing to do what we've been doing. We're sort of entering new players into the game, right? So last week we sort of had the first major sort of the first time that I recall that anybody in any major way, and it was Max said, Hey, hangman, I think it's you. Right. And then MJF gets attacked. Joe's continuing that narrative. Roddy is continuing his point that it's just MJF. He's, he's swerving all of us. So <clears throat> do we like the fact that they're still sort of, you know, planting all these seeds? I mean, 
We don't know what's going to happen to Hangman Adam Page at this point in the show. He's got his match right now. So um, we don't know what's going to happen to Roddy. We don't know if MJF is there. You know, he's not scheduled. But, um, you know, do we still like this? You know, Joe, I'll I'll throw to you first uh, because it was Samoa Joe first. I'm going to throw to Asian Joe first. What what did you think of this opening sort of back and forth and and game of you know who done it? I feel like it's coming. Is the the time the clock is ticking on when we need to advance this? I believe I feel like we keep we've been doing the same thing now for a couple of weeks. Um, I'm hoping that maybe we have a better resolution after at World's End. Uh, I don't. I hope we don't drag it out and for months until you know Adam Cole gets back. Um, I'm hoping we just an answer and figure it all about um, before then, so we can move on. So, uh, but yeah, I mean it's it's intriguing enough, and I do like the fact that that they incorporate so many different uh, you know who done it red herrings in there in here. Ryan, same question to you. Do you like this sort of? pulling people in and then pushing other people out and continuing these narratives that it's MJF. I do. I think it's the only way to add intrigue to the story uh, is to keep certain things fresh um, and bring in new suspects that make sense. But I do like the narrative that it's MJF because it's the most logical narrative until they reveal who it is, which I don't believe will be MJF. But, you know, I, I like that Roddy's seeing through it. Um, of course he's on, they're on the list of suspects as it is, but I do like that. He at least is putting it out there of like, we didn't see the attack. He was just laying there. Like that's, that's very suspicious. Or the week before they didn't actually hurt or the, the attack before they didn't actually hurt MJF. They just got grabbed him and then you interviewed. So it's very, so I do, I like that they're putting enough intrigue into this where you're like, who could it be? Who, who is it? I still think I don't. I think I MJF wouldn't. It'd be okay. It would, it's my least, my second least favorite. I think my least favorite is honestly Jack Perry. I just don't think he fits in the story that well. Um, I think at this point, I'm, I'm I'm starting to lean towards the kingdom and maybe Adam Cole in some fashion. And they're the best. Some, some maybe Wardlow because you have that giant man. That's the only reason I even say that is you just have a giant man involved. Yeah. Um, they're probably so not the best. Well, he's leading it all. We haven't seen him yet. He's the true mass around. But, uh, they would probably be my best answer because their lease would be like pay off the line and, and some advancement forward. But we'll see. I mean, it's, but I do like that they're bringing everyone in because it makes the story feel bigger. Now, let me lay this guy, let me lay this on you guys because we're talking about this whole devil and the reveal and all this kind of stuff. Because there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of sort of curveballs that I feel got thrown in the way of stuff here. I think the biggest curveball that nobody maybe thought of or saw coming was the fact that MJF is legitimately hurt. He's got a tear in his labrum. You know, they 
there was a tweet that he put out after, I guess, the doctor saw him saying he had to get surgery and he was going to be out. And then it quickly got deleted. And the rumors were saying that, um, you know, they're going to try to rehab it naturally without having to do surgery. And then, you know, something else, once they announced the match for last week, that ultimately didn't wind up happening. The announced match with um, the Devils, you know, the Minions and uh, Samoa Joe and MJF, you know, there was rumors out there that MJF, you know, can work matches very lightly leading up to world's end or at least work sort of smoke and mirror type matches. Um, but it didn't wind up happening. Now here's my, here's my fear is that MJF is legitimately hurt, right? And he's gonna have to have surgery. And I don't know what I haven't done the research to be quite honest. I don't know what a normal sort of labrum surgery, you know, muscle tear, you know, uh, recovery looks like. I don't know if it's, a month? I don't know if it's six months. Either way, you would think if there's a surgery, they have to do something with this belt. And it's probably, it would probably make sense to go to Joe because he's fighting him at World's End. Now, if that's what happens, how would you guys play this out? Because I was actually talking to somebody else about this the other day. Would you play it out to drag out the devil story? Or would you actually reveal it no matter what sort of after world's end or at world's end, regardless of what MJF status is, and then just keep it going, you know, and, and if MJF does go out, then he has to come back to deal with it anyway, because I don't know, like after my discussion, I sort of don't know what I would do. I think you could sort of do something either way. Right. I think if, MJF has to go on the shelf. The devil and his men can put him out, right? And that's the story to write him off TV is that they put him off the shelf. I don't want to see MJF win the match and then he gets put down by the devil and then has to relinquish the title. I'm tired of seeing that shit. Just let him lose the fucking belt, right? But if we don't reveal who the devil is now, are we going to just hold on to that for like however long the rehab takes like that could go stale or do you reveal who the devil is? And now we know, but Joe has to deal with it and everybody else has to deal with it. And then ultimately when Samoa Joe, or I'm sorry, when MJF would get back, he'd have to get his belt back. Then he'd have to go, you know, go through the devil and his men or whatever else, you know, what's, what's the way that you would sort of handle this? Um, Ryan, I'll, I guess I'll toss it to you first. Like, what, what would you think the ideal way of, of doing this is? Because to me, this is the most important story they have right now. They've been building and building and building. And if you don't handle this right, regardless of who the reveal is, if the reveal is the wrong guy, then it's fucked from jump. But I think how you have to handle this reveal, whether MJF is going to be sticking around or not because of injury is going to make a big difference in how well this goes over. I think if, if he's going to be out and unable to be on TV um, for any extended period of time, I think you have to have the devils take him out unless he is the devils. And he's like, Hey, I'm, I'm going, I don't like this, 
but there is a story where he wins because of the devils and he's like, Oh, and I'm going to get surgery, but I'm not forfeiting my belt. I don't love it, but, but I don't think again, I'm not leaning that way. I think you have the devils take him out. I think you have the devils. I think Joe wins because the devils hurt MJF or Joe wins just because MJF's hurt. And then afterwards the devils come out and just annihilate MJF. And then he's off TV to recover, and then the Devils have their own whatever side things they want to do. And when he comes back, he's got to deal with them. But do you reveal who the mystery yes, man is? One hundred percent have to review them, reveal them. That's sort of how I feel now. Now, Joe, do you feel the same way? It's okay if you don't, because I think they can clearly do either way. But the timing is the worry to me. Like if you don't do it then you have to stick with this mystery man for like six. Again, I'm using a, a random time, right? Three months. You know, uh, that gets boring after a while. Like, I, I just, what what do you think? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm curious to see. I'm sure you, if we'll ever find out how much they've pivoted this, this story with, you know, after Adam got hurt, now with MJF's injury. Like, you know, how many different directions they had plied out initially and if we're still on the same track or if we've had to take some detours. But, uh, I, yeah, you, I think you have to have to have unveil, you know, who the devil is and have that payoff now instead of months down the line. Um, I wouldn't, at this point, I wouldn't be mad if, like, you know, Samoa Joe was masterminding it, even though if he's not the the devil character in the videos, but like he's the one pulling the strings. Um, I'd be okay with that, I guess, for now. It just, I would never have thought of this if, if when I was talking to my buddy on the phone, he didn't bring it up. What do you, you know, how do they deal with this? Because I, I'm just like, to me, this is all eggs in this basket with the story right now. And I really have this fear. If you don't handle it right, you're you've just fucked months and months and months of build. It's nerve wracking. Yeah, you got to nail it. But at the same point, you can't drag it out. Dragging it out just makes it worse. No, I I tend to agree. Well, it's going to be interesting to see how they deal with it. But back to Dynamite Winter is coming tonight. Hangman Adam Page now after that opening segment is dealing with Roderick Strong. And uh, cutting to the end of the match, Hangman Adam Page does win by pinfall with the Deadeye. He overcomes, you know, a number of distractions from the kingdom. You know, he's outnumbered, but he is still able to get the win uh, from Roddy. I also enjoyed how uh, Taz is just really telling truth, you know, power to truth on, um, on commentary, basically saying, you know, well, you know, Roddy had to build up the strength to get out of that wheelchair because he was so injured. You know, it's, it's just total shoot. Right. So, um, I thought the match was, was really entertaining and, you know, they were leaning on the backstory that these guys know each other from their ring of honor days and all that kind of stuff. So I enjoy this match a lot. Good to see Roddy back in the ring. Interesting choice though, uh, having him lose, but we'll, sort of come back to that a little later on because this is really his sort of first big match back. Um, but it's another, it's another one of those tough spots, right? Sort of like you have Kenny versus Ethan page, you have hangman versus Roddy here. You know, I think this is the right move, but 
just interesting that Roddy does make this big sort of um, miracle, you know, happen last week where he gets out of the chair. He's finally gathered the strength and now he takes a loss. So um, Ryan, you are the biggest believer in the, in Roderick strong and his now hashtag next strong uh, next strength. Uh, what'd you think of the match? I mean, he's a faker and I've said that from day one, so it didn't take any strength. He's a faker. Um, and I will not accept your, your, your lies. Um, match was great. I mean, as expected, Roddy strong, this is the problem when you have him fake an injury for so long, you keep him out of the ring and he's great yeah. in the ring. I do laugh though. They had the complete fake. I do laugh that they had him, uh, what is it? suplex, but not whatever. I forget the the actual type of suplex uh, hangman onto a guardrail during picture in picture. I really appreciated saving the hard spots for picture in picture, but Mm -hmm. uh, this was as expected. Like, I mean, you put two world-class wrestlers in a ring together, they're going to deliver a great match. Um, And the fact that this was just kicking off the show after the Joe promo, which is amazing. Joe, uh, how do you feel about, um, Hashtag next strong Roddy and hangman Adam page. I would just like to say that I am. Um, the courage that Roddy continues to demonstrate week in and week out. Um, doesn't go unnoticed by myself and by you. I think him a week out of the wheelchair, being able to put this match together against Samoa Joe is a testament to his ability and his superior wrestling. It's also, I, I'm sorry to cut you, it's courageous. It's downright yeah. courageous. Not all heroes wear capes. Some wear neck braces. True. But uh, no, this was, this was like a lay your shit match, lay your shit in match. Um, I mean, two guys who have a history of just laying all their strikes in pretty stiff. Um, so it was fun to watch that. And, uh, you know, I thought Ryan was talking about the backbreaker and the picture in picture. And I thought about the backbreaker he had. He gave Heyman on the turnbuckle. Um, this match felt like a, uh, to me, it felt like a Continental Classic match, even though it wasn't. It, could, it felt like it could have been in it. Yeah. But uh, one last thing. I, I do, I, I think uh, Heyman was a little bit of a savage for doing the Deadeye. On poor Roddy's neck, um, I got a little bit worried about that. And also, the more I watched Heyman in this match, with his hair being more feathered and his brooding attitude, he 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 looked like a lot like an Edge, like yeah. from from years past. Yeah, no, you're. I hadn't thought about that, but you're absolutely right. Uh, and and Joe, I'll also say you're right. Um. Because I did think it was a little over, um, I think I thought it was a little out of bounds for uh, Hangman to use the dead eye on a man who has just regained all of his leg strength and is now hashtag next strong um, to win that match. If you ask me, uh, if I were uh, officials within AEW, I would uh, suspend. Uh, Hangman Adam Page indefinitely, uh, just like, um, you know, he's throwing elbows and spinning back fists on a basketball court 
like uh, Draymond Green, um, you know, has been indefinitely suspended. That's just my take, though. You know, got to stand up for Roddy. Just his take. So we move on to um, our first Continental Classic match of the night. It's a Blue League match. Six versus six. Andrade El Idolo versus Brody King. And I'm not going to lie. I was a little surprised here. Andrade El Idolo gets the win by pinfall um, over um, over Brody King. Uh, Brody King was looking pretty unstoppable in this tournament, getting some big wins. Um, I thought maybe we were going to continue that. <clears throat> I personally did not like the decision to give a win here to Andrade. I understand what we're trying to do. We're telling the story, right? There's a lot of sort of, uh, as as people say, spoons in the porridge, you know, going on with Andrade in this tournament. But um, I really, I I just, I didn't agree with with the way that they they came up with the outcome to this one. I thought the match was fantastic. I thought both guys did great. But I was really hoping that we see you know, Brody continue to be perfect, uh, through the blue, um, maybe take one more loss somewhere here, but I, you know, I just really wanted to see, uh, Brody sort of get his time. Um, Joe, what'd you think of this one? I was a little surprised by the outcome. Um, but you know, if Brody's going to lose, he needs to lose to someone who, you know, has good size and strength. And, um, I think I'm if, if Brody hadn't gone undefeated up to this point already in the Continental Classic, I think it would be less of an issue for us to think about him losing to Andrade. But uh, I, I, I enjoyed the match. I uh, another hard, another back-to-back hard-hitting match. Um, and I think the way the match finished with, you know, Andrade again doing whatever it took to win by, you know, exposing the turnbuckle rod. And dropping Brody on his on his head there, um, I think that helps maybe somewhat protect Brody a little bit, you knowing the loss. So, yeah, I you know I hear you, Joe uh, Ryan. What did you what did you think here? I wasn't surprised. I mean, Brody's not going to win the the tournament, so they have to start giving him losses, and you don't have Andrade just beat. Danielson to have him come and lose to Brody, I don't think. I think they're pushing it. I don't think Andrade's going to win the whole thing, but I think they're going to have him. I think they're pushing it to to, to have him uh, at least come out looking extremely strong. Uh, I think Brody's already gained huge momentum no matter if he loses out from this. I don't think he loses out from this, but even if he did, um, well, he's only got what, one more match. Maybe he does, but I think Brody's gained huge momentum by his upset wins. So I don't think he he needs to. I think at this point it makes sense to me. And it was a great match. I mean Andrade, it was interesting. It didn't you forget how big Andrade is because he he didn't I mean he was smaller than Brody, but he didn't look like your typical big guy, small guy. It felt like Andrade could deliver the power and deliver the size needed to to fight Brody. So I thought it was a great match. They hit the hell out of each other. My God. But it yeah. didn't shock me. Yeah, I don't know. I, part of me just wishes that, you know, they were, you know, sort of pushing forward the younger talent. And I get it. Even with the loss, he still gets pushed forward, right? Because he had a great showing against Andrade. I just felt like 
you had him win two matches uh, that, you know, we didn't think necessarily he was going to win the first one, even though it was Eddie. I think we thought Eddie was going to get a win, you know, a quick win. Uh, the second match, I thought, you know, <clears throat> okay, maybe the first one was a fluke, and then he beats Claudio. You know, that was a little surprising, so I figured maybe we'd continue that that wave. But, you know, I enjoy the, the cast that says death on it, and, you know, uh, these guys beat the shit out of each other, so... Um, just an interesting choice for me. I didn't, I didn't like the fact that Andrade won, but we will see what's next for both of these gentlemen in the tournament. But Renee Paquette is interview. Oh, I'm sorry. The, uh, stunning Renee Paquette interviews, uh, Kevin Von Eric alongside Marshall and Ross. And, uh, Kevin says, it's great to be here. Admires the, the house style. And then Dan Housen, Orange Cassidy, and Trent roll in. And Orange asks if the Von Erics uh, will team with him on Friday Rampage. And they accept. Even though Brent and Dan Housen are saying, you're betraying us right in front of us, Orange Cassidy says, well, it's Texas. And they are like, oh, okay, cool. And so uh, Friday we'll see the Von Erich boys and uh, Orange Cassidy in action. So that should be uh, fun. So we'll look forward to that on Rampage. Um, and then we get Kenny Omega making his entrance and then Chris Jericho making his entrance as we get back from the commercial break. And, uh, the golden jets are back to speak after the attack on Chris Jericho. So Jericho and Omega, um, are on the mic and Jericho said, it's been a while since they've been here because of big bill and Ricky Starks who attacked him after full gear, dislocated his elbow and put him out for three weeks. Last week after Kenny's great match with Ethan Page, Bill uh, put him on the ground as well, and now he wants them to get their sorry asses out there. I'm not going to lie. I wish they would have stayed in the back for this segment, but absolute Ricky Starks and Big Bill come to the ring, and Ricky thanks Kenny for AEW, but he doesn't thank Chris for anything. Uh, And Bill says that nobody would be surprised if Jericho attacked Omega out of nowhere because of his past. And then Kenny asks Big Bill about the firm. He says, I don't trust him. He says, let me ask you about your past. Remember the firm? He said he's looking rather soft lately. And Omega reminds him that they have a title shot and they'd like to have it at world's end. And Ricky says uh, he's already done half the work. And then Jericho comes up uh, with a bunch of, uh, you know, tag team names because big bill doesn't have big bill and Ricky don't have names. I think he calls them absolute assholes. Uh, and then for some reason they just call them big bill Starks, um, or big Billy Starks. I don't know. Um, but Ricky says, uh, Chris shops at hot topic. Jericho says that he wouldn't bite him if he were a vampire. And then comes out and says he's better dressed and less charismatic than Enzo Amore. So Enzo getting a little bit of uh, time on AEW air. But then Kenny says Enzo uh, at least let Big Bill have some of the spotlight. Starks fires back then and says it's all talk. If they want a world's end, they got it. And we move on from there. They recap Adam Copeland and Christian Cage from last week. And then we're on to our next match, which we'll get to in a minute. Guys, I understand what they were trying to do with this, but it sucked. I mean, 
I would like to know, Ryan, what your thought is first, because you love everything. So I'm very interested in knowing if you truly did love this or if you just. No, this was terrible. Oh, thank God. Okay. I mean, listen, I, I love everything, but even I have a, you know, a limit. Um, my only hope here is everyone's saying Kenny Omega seemed very disinterested and he did. My only hope is that is part of the storyline of like, Kenny's not really feeling this. The Bucks aren't around. They're doing their own thing. Um, obviously, they will be coming back. So my hope is that this is part, all part of that of like Kenny. Kenny isn't feeling this thing. Kenny, Kenny's going to turn himself and go a little bit more heel Kenny when he works a little better because he's just not feeling this, this whole uh, Jericho rah-rah thing. And, and he wants to, to be a bit more himself because yikes, just yikes. I mean, it, Joe, go ahead. I have nothing else to say. Go ahead, Joe. What did you, uh, I, I don't know what to say. It fell so flat. Even the parts where I felt like it wasn't supposed to be, like, just, it felt like Ricky and Big Bill could have just stood there and said nothing and won the promo from letting, like, Jericho and Kenny just you know talk and keep stumbling and fumbling all like the words and coming up with bad catchphrases and trying to get big Billy starts over when Billy starts had a big match coming up on Friday. That's right. Um, but I, I, it was just bad. And I hope the fact that they kind of like tried to like sow the seeds of doubt of Kenny can't trust Jericho, but like it really should be Jericho who can't trust Kenny and Kenny will be trigger the hell out of Jericho um, in that tag match at some point. Because I know they do kind of, you know, they, they well, they introduce him as the clinger, right? So I think yeah. hopefully that uh, he leans into that. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. This was just, this was dumb. <laughs> like, there, there's no other way of putting it. This was just, dumb like i just it's too long it felt i don't know how long it was it felt long yeah it felt really long um and it had an awkward ending to it it's like 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 are we done now or is it there wasn't like a a good go away no line to close it out yeah it pretty much was just ricky yelling that they're gonna kick their ass at world's end which is very on brand for Ricky. So I don't fault him, but yeah, it just seemed like it seemed like they should have jumped in a few times and there was nowhere to jump in. Cause Jericho kept going, you know? Um, but wow. Yeah. This was a dud. This was a dud. Um, uh, but I'm with you too, Ryan. Kenny did look disinterested and Kenny was like, we don't trust each other. I don't trust Jericho. Jericho never explicitly said, at least I don't recall, Jericho being like, I don't trust Kenny. You know what I mean? So it does seem like it could be like a one-way street. Yeah, it, it definitely does. Like I said, I, I just feel you. there's a clip online of him dancing when um, Judas is playing, and it's like this silly dance. It just very much feels to me like he's 
he's out of this. And, and it could be legitimate. He could just legitimately not be in on this because it's a terrible story going right now. Or it could be part of the story where he's just like, what, what the hell? What, what am I doing here? Why why am I doing this? Yeah, it, it was weird. Well, hopefully they rebound. Um, but we're going to keep moving on. In our women's match of the night, uh, Riho versus Ruby Soho. Um, Timeless Tony Storm was on commentary for this. Mariah May was holding the title next to her. Timeless Tony Storm was fantastic on commentary. And that's about as much as I can say about this fucking match. I hated it. Riho won by pinfall with a double knee. What is it going to take for Ruby to to get any sort of fucking win? Like, I just, I get it. Riho just came back. I get it. But then why do you have to feed her Ruby Soho? I just don't get it. I don't get it. Um, but Timeless Tony Storm was fantastic. The black and white anytime she was on camera was fantastic. She called for a close-up. She was talking about the microphone. Um, she did not believe that was Ruby Soho Soho in the ring because she didn't have green hair. Um, Tony Storm was fantastic. So we're clearly lining up a title match for Ruby and Tony Storm. And I don't want to see, or, or sorry, Riho and uh, Tony Storm. I do not want to see Riho win this title again. Um, so... We'll see what happens. Uh, guys, make me believe I'm wrong here. Um, Joe, what'd you think? I can't convince you otherwise. I'm not. I'm, I'm, I respect what Rio does. I didn't care for the double knee finish. I thought it was kind of a weak finish to beat Ruby. Um, I'm on the same train as I want them to do something with Ruby. I feel like they've tried in the past to try to do something with her and then she, she just kind of gets stuck in this like mid-card vortex of no we just kind of use her and put other people over but no we'll give her this this little romance angle with cool hand Ange. maybe that'll be something down the line but yeah um, they could have put anyone else out there for Rio to win I guess they could have put you know Anna Jay they could have put you know anyone else but uh yeah wasn't my favorite but tony at least tony was out there and she stole the show and i see i see by the way what scott george is saying soraya fed her uh reho from their promo last week on collision i i understand that i just don't understand the decision to have soraya feed ruby to reho when they have all these other women they could let reho wrestle it just don't like it. I also just felt like um, Ryan. Uh, I definitely want your thoughts, but Ryan, beginning of the match to you, like Riho didn't realize she was in a wrestling match because it looked like a few times she was surprised at what Ruby was doing. I mean, I didn't get that vibe, but I just not that. I mean, she might have been surprised what Ruby was doing, but not because she wasn't. If just surprised by Ruby, not you know, doesn't feel like she's in a wrestling match to me. It was just listen, you don't like Rio, so it's hard because you're if Rio goes out, you're not going to be into it. I enjoy her. her. My problem is that they do nothing with it. She comes and she goes, she comes, and she, you can't do that. You got to be consistent. Like, I feel like she's going to leave after this. 
and it's just just do the thing do the goddamn thing hi jesse how are you good to see you pal go ahead ryan wave go ahead ryan wave wave to jesse ryan ryan wave ryan Sorry, Jesse. Go ahead. You know, Jesse doesn't want us to spoil. We can't talk about it. Um, if if re if they if Rio stays again, she gets cheered by the crowd. No matter what you say, she has crowd crowd appeal. Um, she's a likable baby face. I enjoyed the match. Wasn't that well? That's the problem. You can't just you, she's just listen. You know what? If you're if you're Kenny Omega, we'll just because we're just referencing him. Kenny Omega can come and go a lot more because Kenny fucking Omega, and he's also been in the company, so like there's a little bit of establishment there. Rio's not there, but I think I don't. I don't know. I I, I don't know where I am on this because it is weird to have her just come back, and kind of just jump right into this. Um, knowing I, I just have a feeling she's going to leave again. I think that's where I'm getting hung up on it is if she came in this law, you know, beat Ruby loses to Tony, but stays for the next year, then I'm all in, but I just feel like she's going to leave as soon as this is over. But I'm also st- like, I get, I just still can't buy anything Riho does in the ring as believable. Like at one point she shoved Ruby like towards the ropes and she like barely shoved her and Ruby has to pretend to like fly back into the ropes. Same thing with that stupid double stomp in the turn, you know, off the turnbuckle, you know, with Ruby hanging there, like Ruby's hanging there for what seemed like forever staring up at Rio, like let's go. And she's just like standing there waiting. It just, for, yeah, but that's the, the, that's the same thing that luchas do, and I don't like it. I have problems when luchas do it, but that is like course. a lucha thing where, where that waiting happens. So that's not a Riho specific thing. That's a new wrestling thing where like you got to have some logic as to why, you know, why someone doesn't, why someone holds themselves there, and and because Riho is not the only person who uses that move, and no one has figured right. out a logic as to why someone would do that. But it just all for because I think of her size, it has to be more believable from Rio. And I just can't, I don't believe it. I just, she just doesn't look like she can do any of it. It just, I don't know. I hate it. She's going to be gone hopefully soon. Please, dear God, she cannot win this belt from Tony Storm. It, it, she can't. I'll have a fucking meltdown if she does. Anyway. We go to our next Continental Classic match of the night, a gold match. Jay Lethal still with no points versus Roosh, who has three points. Uh, and Roosh is able to win by submission uh, with a, a body scissor sleeper hold to get three points. So now he's up to six. Jay Lethal still looking for a win here. Uh, after the match, um, you know, Jeff Jarrett and, um, and crew come out to get Jay Lethal. And they get to the top of the ramp before entering the tunnel and Jay sort of like steps back and is sort of like not really sure what to do at this point. He looks disappointed himself. The person I feel worst about here 
was Roosh grabbed a looked like somewhat full beer out of somebody's hand in the crowd and smashed the bottle across his head numerous times. That poor guy, it must have been 15 bucks down the drain. Uh, but I guess that's what you're going to do in the front row. So, um, Joe, what did you think of the match? Well, that, that person had your story now, at least. He was like, oh, Roosh, that was my beer. You see that? So you can't put a price on that. I guess. I mean, uh, at least $15. Give or take, yes. I... The right person won for me. I, I thought I, I think Roosh was the right winner. Um, I like the story they're telling with with Jay. Um, hopefully, splintering him away from from Jarrett and that faction. Um, you know, they had Jay do a lot of double. No, not double Jay. They had Jay do a lot of Jarrett mannerisms in the range, and, and you no, know, kind of distracted him from what he was doing. So I think he'll kind of learn from that um and i'm also glad that the lethal injection is like inconsequential where people just you know block it or you know it's not effective um but yeah i think i saw i don't know if i had anything else to say it was just kind of a match for me um i'm just glad roosh won yeah for sure we agree there um shlong what what about you I mean, the match was fine. You have two good wrestlers. I, I can't praise Roosh enough. I think Roosh has been great. Um, I love that they're actually making the Jay Lethal losing a story. That it's not just he was there to take pins and have good matches. Because he's had great matches. I can't fault smashes. But they're using it. This is how they get him away from Jared and Satnam Singh. And, and that's kind of a good way to use his tournament. Again, that's what I will constantly praise. The, the stories of the tournament is you have a guy losing. like You have three guys who have yet to win. You have Jay Lethal, Mark Briscoe, and Daniel Garcia. I think they're the only winless ones. Um, and each each one of the three has a different story. Jay Lethal's is he needs to get away from bad people. Daniel Garcia's is he needs to rediscover who he was when he came here. And Mark Briscoe's the only one where they don't really have a story. So his is the weakness there. I don't feel like they've really done a story for Mark. But otherwise, I, I like I said, this was perfect, and Roosh is, is killing it. Yeah, I... Um... I would like to see, regardless of what happens through the remainder of this tournament with Roosh, um, I just want them to see, I want them to do more with Roosh now coming out of this tournament. Cause he's a, he's a really good wrestler and he lays his shit in. So uh, I would love to see them do a little bit more with Roosh coming out of this, but Roosh has looked good in this tournament, regardless of his record and the points. Um, he's looked really good. So good to see Roosh having good matches. We move on to our next Continental Classic Gold League match of the night. Um, uh, Mark Briscoe, who has zero points, versus uh, Jay White. Jay White, who has six points. Uh, and coming through the end of this match, uh, Jay White does win by pinfall with the Blade Runner to get three points. So now he moves up to nine and we go uh, to a break. Mark Briscoe still looking for points. Schlong, what do you think about this match? I mean, it was it was a fine match. Again, I think we kind of, you know, kind of knew who'd win it. Uh, Jay White needs he needs wins. Not that he's been struggling, but after 
you have him lose a major feud, you can't have him take on a bunch of losses. So he has a couple, but he needs he needs some real wins. So him looking fine. He doesn't really have a – I thought he was going to have a story in this. His is kind of faded out, so I'd like to see his story kick in a little bit more. Um, I'm not saying he's completely done, but I would. But Mark Briscoe is about the only guy in this entire tournament I feel like doesn't really have a story. Um, he's having good matches and he's losing, but I don't think anything's come of it. But that's fine. I mean, you were never going to hit on every single person. So I'm willing to accept that just one isn't there. Joe, what did you think about uh, the match between Jay White and Mark Briscoe? Solid match. I like the uh, the storytelling of their past and them kind of weaving that into commentary and, and showing highlights from their ROH days um, to give it a little bit more something to it. Uh, I feel like Jay White had maybe the the quietest nine points of the C2 for me. Like when I think about people who you know have one loss, I, I forget that he only had one loss. Um, I don't feel like maybe he hadn't had a match where I felt like it was a, a signature match so far of the of the tournament. Um, but I think maybe Briscoe's story is that you know. He's still trying to make his way as a singles competitor. Um, you know, he's just—he's I mean, in this field of other people who are are single stars, and uh, he's still trying to navigate that. That's the only thing I could think of that maybe could be his story. I'm hoping that he gets at least a win before before he exits the uh, the round robin play. But I. Uh, there were a couple of sleeper suplexes that Jay delivered on on Mark. I was like, I cringe. Talking about neck strong earlier, I felt like Mark fell on his head like two or three times. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just brutal. Take you on, neck strong. Take on. I'm sorry. Were you singing neck strong? I'm yeah, glad you, you haven't heard me. You haven't heard me sing this. I'm just saying. I'm glad to see you supporting Roddy. I no, no no I support neck strength I I support neck health Roddy's a faker. No 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 it's all about Roddy. Yeah, and proxy no, he's a, support he's a faker. He, he's yeah. a faker. No no. Um I'll say this, I do also appreciate how they continuously on commentary when Jay White is wrestling these tournament matches. Um they're consistently bringing up the fact that he has round robin tournament experience. He knows how to expend his energy and how to keep something in the tank because it's a long tournament. You have a lot of matches and Jay White's still in the hunt, right? He's got nine points. He's still in the hunt, you know, to get to the quarterfinal, right? And the quarterfinal will be gold versus gold, blue versus blue. And then the winners will be the, the final match. Um, you know, going up against, um, you know, uh, each other at uh, World's End. Uh, so it is, um, it is interesting, you know, to have them continue to bring that up because it is definitely part of the story. But I don't disagree with you, Joe. It's been a very quiet sort of showing from from Jay White. He's just quietly got nine points. Um, but he's a sleeper. I wouldn't sleep on, on Jay white. Uh, so, um, back from commercial, there's uh they do a hype reel for the BCC versus FTR, Mark Briscoe. 
at Final Battle. We'll run down that card quickly before we end the show to pump that up. Um, oh, sorry, I thought you were going to sing. I fade out. I don't. I don't torture for okay. that long. You well, you looked like your mouth was moving, but your mic wasn't picking it up. I just want to make you, sure you couldn't hear me singing it. No, I was saying pump the jam. The giant. Oh. Your singing voice must have been the same octave of clapping. That's right. Ryan, give me a round of applause, would you? I appreciate any time the support comes through. I can't believe that you're legitimately clapping. Now you're not even, I don't even think you were hitting your hands there. No, the, the, the end was faking it because I, okay. I, I don't want to clap that loud. But. I mean, I hear the the lightest tap. I mean, I'm literally, the reason, like, I can't, like, I'm too close to my face here. But I am literally. Even can you talk and clap at the same time? We've tried to crack this code. Can you hear me if I talk clap at the same time? Can you? Can you? Can you? Can you? Can you? Can you? I heard one. I heard one little clap right after you stopped talking. But honestly, Joe, back me up. While he was talking and clapping, I couldn't hear the claps. No, and I I think his voice was kind of cutting in and out a little bit, like it was the noise gate was. What if I'm doing this? Can you hear this? If I'm snapping and talking at the same time, can you hear any snaps? Can you? 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 Little bit. That's amazing. That's weird. Very weird. We'll have to have a weekly segment called "Make It Clap," Ryan. <laughs> well, I do that anyway, but just not with my hands. It would be amazing if you made a clap, and that's what got through the microphone, but not your hands, just your ass cheeks. I just get up, start twerking, and all of a sudden you slap, slap, slap. Wow. Um, all right, so then we're on to our, our, our final match of the night. Uh, our main event in our Continental Gold Classic League match, nine versus nine, John Moxley versus Swerve. And it is it is a hot crowd for this match in Arlington. I mean, the crowd was going bonkers um, during this match. Uh, a lot, a lot to take in from this match. Um, it was a spot fest. Uh, I know there is a spot embargo on Ryan. Uh, so Joe, I expect you to do the heavy lifting there, but um, cutting to the end, uh, John Moxley comes out with the win uh, by pinfall, a victory roll with some tights, earning three points for a total of 12. Wor uh, Swerve remains at nine. And uh, Moxley celebrating uh, in the crowd. Strickland is fuming in the ring. Um, and then we get another thing that happens before the show ends, but I don't want to get to it just yet. I want to hold on that for a moment. Guys, this honestly, this shocked me. This one truly surprised me. This tournament, I mean, it could still be Swerve's tournament, but I really thought he was going to get through Moxley. He still probably will have to go through Moxley if he gets to, you know, the Gold League, uh, or yeah, the Gold League uh, finals, but I really thought he was going to come out with a win tonight. Um, Joe, since you have to do the heavy spot lifting, I'll throw it to you first. What'd you think? Well, I think the spot embargo is off when someone's not here. So I think Ryan can also chime in with spots, but I well, have a spot I want to talk about. Oh, Joe, please 
name spots and please touch on the one Ryan wants to get to. I don't know if I'll, I'll hit the one that he mentioned, but um, like you said, I thought the crowd was good for most of the night, I thought, but definitely this match, it felt like a pay-per-view match um, with how built up um, Swerve was coming into this where he was getting, you know, more of the crowd backing and mocks, which is unusual. Um, the finish of it really kind of went against my prediction. of I really thought this was going to be the first time limit draw. Um, and I thought they were going to go that way until the until the roll-up roll finish. But um, I, I like it was interesting when I start the match with them, uh, you know, on the ground doing mat wrestling instead of kind of the the brawling. Uh, eventually, we got into the, the stand up strikes that um, Mox is used to, and uh, some of the spots I guess I really liked in this match were uh, Swerve kicking out Mox's legs when he was on the second rope, and then it ended up um, kicks his legs out, and then Swerve jumps up and does a jumping DDT in the corner. Uh, also, really like the the transition that Mox does on the on the mat um, with some of his jujitsu background of you know going from a choke to the an arm breaker. Um, so that's I like watching that. And other than that, I, I'm just really surprised by the roll up finish and by the you know grabbing the belt and whether or not Swerve's shoulders were up or down. You know. Swerve yeah. just seems to find himself in predictions where, you know, his hair his hair is hanging out of a casket, his shoulders up. I don't know. All right, Ryan, was your spot mentioned? Half of it. Okay. So, Joe mentioned the DDT out of the corner. What Joe didn't mention was that Mox was on the ropes, getting ready to jump off, and Swerve kicked his legs into into the ropes. No, he definitely said that. Did you mention that he kicked his legs in and held his legs in through? Well, I only heard the DDT part. Well, then I got no spot. <laughs> well, Ryan, then what did you think of the the match outcome? Like, were you surprised? No, not at all. Swerve's not going to win the, the Swerve. I I think everyone has Swerve going on the the AEW title um, path. And if he's going for that title, he cannot win this tournament. So he has to take a loss. This was nice because Mox grabbed the tights and shoulder and Swerve's shoulders were up. So Swerve now has this like I was never I was never beat. You know, I, this is BS. So it's a way for him to take a loss. Now I think he's gonna have to take another loss. So I don't know how they're gonna get there with that, but at least for now. It was a way to hold him up because he can say, like, hey, my shoulder was up. You had to grab the tights. I was winning. And again, because I don't want him to win this tournament simply because I want him to win the AEW championship. And if he wins this, he can't. So they can't have him win. So I knew at some point he'd have to lose. Well, I think this means now next week, because I don't have it in front of me. And I didn't do all the matrixing. But I think next week that means that we will get in our final sort of round robin matches, <clears throat> we'll get uh, Jay Lethal versus Mark Briscoe, zero versus zero. Somebody's possibly got to get a win. You'll have uh, Jay White going up against um, John Moxley, and you'll have Roosh going up against Swerve. 
Uh, so those matches should be good. Now, at this point in time, um, at this point in time, do you guys have a prediction? Because we've seen enough of the gold, you know, we still have a few matches to go in this week's round of matches with the blue. But uh, for the gold side, do you see who the finals are in the gold league are going to come down to? I got to pull him up. I'm so bad at remembering who's where. Well, Mox will have 12 now. Swerve has nine. Uh, Jay has nine. Uh, Roosh has six. And then everybody else has zero. Yeah, Mox is. So Mox comes out of that. And I have Danielson coming out of the other. So you think our finals are going to be Mox, Danielson, and all BCC? Unless they, do they have Swerve get his revenge win against Mox and then lose to Danielson somehow? But I'm trying to figure out how they get there. That's an interesting way to go about it. Hmm. Now I got to think this through because I don't know if they want to have Mox Danielson. Joe, you go while I think this through. To be different, I'll say Jay White Danielson. Okay. Uh, I can I... see Jay White maybe winning. The tiebreaker over Moxley. Yeah, I mean, I think Mox is going to run the table, obviously. So Mox is going to get to the gold finals. Then it'll be down to, is it going to be Swerve or Jay White, right? Now, Swerve holds the win over Jay. So if they do come, if it does come down to points because of their, their record against each other, Swerve would get in. So my guess is it would be Swerve and Moxley in the finals for the gold. And I think, Ryan, like you could still, like based on what you're saying, like moving uh, Swerve to a, a the proper uh, world title picture, I think you could, he could still win the gold league and then maybe lose at world's end. Um, but I think you could do it sort of either way. So... Yeah, it's interesting. I, 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 I mean, I kind of want Swerve to get his win against Mox back, and then how does he lose to Danielson? I don't know. I got to work that. The Danielson Swerve thing is what I got to work out in my head. Okay. I, uh, I thought Ryan was going to sing or rap the, the standings. Oh, Ryan, that's right. You said you were going to do homework. I didn't do homework. Uh, if you want me to do it on the fly, I'll do it on the fly, but I did not do homework. Yeah, hold on. I can give you um, the standings before tonight. Give me one second. Hold on. I'll fu- I'll fucking find it. Don't you worry. We need to make a note to, to do this be- maybe right after commercial break or right before commercial break. Yeah, next week for sure. Um. I've got a vamp while I'm trying to find this. Let me see. Uh, Collision. What song he wants to go with in his head. Yeah, Ryan, would you rap it or sing it? I got to see. I, I got to. I have no idea. This is going to be whatever comes out of my mouth. Whoa. Well, that's a loaded, loaded statement. Uh, no, the loaded is what usually goes in, but this is what's coming out. Um, 
It is winter is coming. That's true. And you're going to catch it. Um, <laughs> here it is, Ryan. I have a link here. I'm going to send it's you in our private. Like, here you go. I got to see if I can do this. I have, a, I have an idea, but I don't know if it'll pay off. We're making good time tonight, so we're good. <laughs> you got it, Ryan? Well, these, but these aren't accurate anymore. Well, I can't help you with that. I'm not doing live fucking math. If you want to do, if you want to do the live mathematical updates, you certainly can. Work through it because we do have one more thing to talk about. You guys talk and let me think about this. Sure. So uh, Ryan's going to sit out the final segment, which I don't know why, but maybe it's because he's involved. I know I have an opinion, but you two talk and then I'll give my opinion when you pour it out. Sure. So post-matches Moxley celebrating and Strickland is fuming in the ring. We get taken to the parking lot. You know, where all the good stuff happens at wrestling shows. Not. Uh, and we see Hangman Adam Page fighting off the Devil's Masked Men, but he does soon get overwhelmed by the numbers. And then we see a car is there and out steps the Devil. He gives a nod to one of the goons. And they slam Adam Page, Adam, Hangman uh, Adam Page, excuse me, the hanger, uh, onto the windshield of the car. And he is in pain. That is the show. So, so Joe, they could do multiple things here, but I would now basically have to say, it ain't Adam Page. He's not the devil. Unless somebody else is just wearing his costume to throw us off the scent. The devil's not Adam Page, although now Adam Page has, uh, you know, has a future story perhaps with whoever this devil is and this faction. That's sort of the other interesting thing I think that that can come out of all of this, and that we haven't really talked about. Joe is, you know, Roddy bought Roddy bought up a number of things here, right? Like, um, the acclaimed get attacked by the devil, uh, and the goons. Um, MJF gets attacked. Now Hangman Adam Page gets attacked. So the devils have attacked all of these people. So there's now these like immediate feuds that all these people can sort of get into with the devil faction. However, that sort of shakes out. Um, but Joe, what, what did you think of this? I mean, we did get a pretty good look at the devil. We know that it's not necessarily the actual person, but it, it, it could be a stand in. We did get a good look at the goons. The goons uh, apparently are the actual people. Um, no stand-ins here, but apparently those are the people. And there's a large person as part of that group. I think somebody here, maybe Ryan before said, it would be interesting if that's Wardlow. Um, but Joe, what do you what do you think about this? Is it are, are we now signing off that it's not Hangman? I don't think it ever was Heyman. I don't think anyone ever believed it was Heyman. Um, my takeaway from this segment was two words, and that's buddy system. If you're walking out to the parking lot, find a buddy. But uh, or, or four, because there's so many. Or yeah, use Riho's lead pipe. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure they give you just a little bit enough of like. These little teases in the like the last you know closing seconds. Um, I just want 
I want more so we can get closer to finishing this this little story. And then we can proceed to the, um, like you said, the different angles that they're developing with all the enemies they're making. Yeah, for sure. Shlong, if you could step away from the um, the scoring, uh, and I can even go through news and notes, and we can come back right before we end the show if you'd like a little more. Not sure I'm going to have it because I have an idea I want to do, and I'm struggling. Well, we'll check in with you before the end. But for now, what did you think of the final segment with the devil attacking Hang- the devil's men uh, attacking Hangman Adam Page? I liked it. I mean, again, I'm still I'm still in on this, and I like that every time you think you know who they are, they attack that person to add mystery, and it kind of still leads you to think that maybe MJF. Can I don't buy it, but they're trying to keep that mystery alive, and I think that's the most important thing for this storyline: keep the mystery alive until World's End when you reveal it. Did the devil tonight look like anybody you guys might think it is? Like everybody keeps saying it's Jack Perry. That didn't look like Jack no, Perry. I mean, he was too he was too built for Jack Perry. A little too broad, right? Yeah. But I don't think he was big enough. A lot of the other name that comes up is Sammy Callahan. I don't think he was big enough to be Sammy Callahan. And I don't mean like no. big muscular, like Sammy Callahan has a round sort of physique. You know what I mean? Um, so I don't think it's Sammy. Is there anybody, Joe, after seeing the devil tonight, like that you would say, based on the look we got tonight, I think it's this person? I don't know. I mean, the closest ones in my head would be MJF just because of like the shoulders and like the traps and like he was a relatively like like you know, jack guy where um you know, jungle Jack Perry's not that body type. You know, Sammy's not Sammy Callahan's not gonna be that guy. Um, I'm trying to think of anyone else who would fit that description of like, but again, like you said, it could just be the like the stand in. So, even like a Mustafa Ali, whose name's been sort of bandied about, um, yeah, he's not that broad, right? Body size, right? So, Ryan, anybody, um, I don't mean to keep taking you away from your homework. Um, is there anybody now after seeing the devil tonight you think it might be? No, I'm I'm no nothing's changed. Same people I thought before. Okay. And yes, you like you're seeing my forehead forehead. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I do like having Wardlow. He's like involved with it, but kind of on the outskirts of it, where you know he's not getting involved with the, the devil's you know the devil's eggs or whoever they're called. Um, he, but he's still a part of the story. So it's like, you don't know if he's a member of that or not. Uh, so that's, that's an interesting tidbit. Well, winter is now upon us. And um, it was a, it was a fun episode of dynamite tonight. Um, Rampage should be fun. You know, we know we're going to see the Von Eriks teaming with um, orange Cassidy. I don't know what this means for the future of the Von Eriks and AEW. If it, if this is sort of like a trial for them or something like that, but um, well, they were. I mean, it would be awesome, but it's nice uh, synergy here, I guess. A little corporate synergy, right? So the Iron Claw comes out next week, I believe. Uh, well, it is coming out through A twenty four. A twenty four has a relationship with uh, 
Warner Brothers uh, Discovery because of uh, A24 ink to deal with Max for, you know, streaming and stuff like that. So um, nice little bit of corporate synergy if that's all it is. But I um, I do uh, look forward to seeing that. So and then we have more uh, Blue League matches. So um, so we're going to move on. We'll give Ryan a little bit of time. We'll check in with Ryan. Uh, but we're going to go through some news and notes uh, from the past week. Uh, and we'll run down the, the, uh, uh, final battle card really quick. So the first thing that, um, the first thing, uh, that sort of came up over the past week, Joe, is that, um, Andrade El Idolo, um, you know, apparently wants to be gone relatively soon from AEW, according to a bunch of reports and different sources, you know, uh, I think Meltzer was the one who was pretty vocal about it, saying that he's he's going to go back to CMLL. Um, not exactly sure when, but should be soon. And that his AEW, AEW deal should be coming up soon unless it's extended because of his injuries or whatever else they had going on with, you know, suspension and injury and all that kind of stuff. But apparently the feeling is that he wants to go uh, to the WWE uh, because he wants to be back with his wife and, and live, you know, I guess on their schedule. Um, and it should be noted too about Andrade that he was revealed as, uh, uh, the CML sort of like mystery luchador. Uh, so, um, they had a vignette teasing a mystery luchador, uh, and then, uh, Andrade explained his return for the first time since 2015 in, uh, in a, an ex post, uh, this week, uh, he's, I guess, going to be, um, wrestling at arena Mexico on, uh, December 15th for CMLL. Um, Joe, does it surprise you that Andrade would not necessarily be happy, uh, in AEW and now sort of having this news sort of come out all the rumors and innuendo over the last week. Do we think that, they're maybe changing a little bit of what's going on with him in the tournament to placate to him a little bit. Maybe, but I feel like he, he, he probably made up his mind a while ago. Um, and you know, I'm sure in your news and notes, well, he's just one of several people who aren't thrilled about their, their position or their storylines in AEW at the moment. Um, I think, the idea of him going back to WWE was had been there since since Vince left. Um, so I think you know having him do this run um, in Mexico at CMLL and you know doing the things that he won't be able to do once he goes back. You know I think he's just trying to get all that stuff out of the way and you know maybe by late spring, early summer he'll be he'll be at a different promotion. If I had to put money on it, his deal's not going to be up exactly when we anticipate because they're going to extend it. He was out for a long period. Part of that, I think, was due to the fight that he had with Sammy backstage. Um, but but he was, uh, you know, he did have, I think, a pec injury. So um, I think they're within their rights to extend it to due to the time he was out. So it'll be interesting, although it does seem like nobody really knows how long they would extend it. So, uh, regardless, we'll see what's next up for Andrade. Um, but it was also announced, uh, this past week 
that Samoa Joe will play Sweet Tooth again because um, Twisted Metal is coming back for a second season on Peacock. Uh, there was a video that went out uh, and Samoa Joe was, you know, there as Sweet Tooth. Uh, so, um, you know, I gave it a watch, not even necessarily for uh, Samoa Joe, just because I'm familiar with the property, you know, uh, uh, Joe. Uh, did you give Did you give Twisted Metal a shot? I did. I mean, I played the hell out of that game on the PS1. And yeah. uh, I was curious to see how it would translate into a you know, live action. And I enjoyed it for what it, for what it was. It's not something I'm going to go back and rewatch, but it was fine. Yeah, I am glad that they uh, did get picked up for a second season because it definitely left on a cliffhanger. And I was like, okay, I'd like to see how this plays out. But I'm with you. Like, I'm not going back and rewatching, you know, that again on Peacock. It was perfectly fine for what it was, but, you know, one and done, sort of. Um, the other thing that came out is that um, New Japan revealed a new title uh, and that Moxley, Osprey, and Finley were, are going to fight for it at Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, so, um, um, you know, the setup was, um, that, uh, bullet club leader Finlay smashed Will Spray, uh, Osprey's IWGP US and United Kingdom title belts with a hammer. And then new Japan quickly had confirmed that they were going to be introducing a new championship for the three men to fight for at the Tokyo dome on January 4th. And now it has been revealed so NJPW chairman uh, Naoki Sugabayashi uh, said the company's considered bringing back the IWGP Intercontinental title that's merged with the old heavyweight belt uh, to form the promotion's current top prize, the World Heavyweight Championship, back in 2021. But keeping their current strategic goals in mind, they decided that they're going to have a new title that represents those and that is the IWGP Global Championship. Um, uh, so we know that they're going to have that, and that it's going to be Osprey, uh, Moxley, and Finlay uh, fighting for uh, fighting to become the very first inaugural IWGP Global Heavyweight Championship. Um, New Japan also um, the the tag league wrapped up on November tenth. Uh, Bishamon, uh, made history, uh, uh, as Haruki Goto and Yoshihashi became the first team to win the tournament three years in a row. Um, they beat Hikuleo and, and El Phantasmo. Um, uh, they avenged a loss to the grill as a destiny, uh, uh, during the round robin tournament as well. Um, so now, um, uh, there's going to be a face-off at the Tokyo Dome and Bishamon's IWGP heavyweight tag and the Gorillas of De uh, the Gorillas of Destiny openweight tag titles will be on the line. So the Wrestle uh, Kingdom 18 card will be Sonata versus Tetsuya Naito for the IWGP heavyweight championship. That match should rule. Okada versus Danielson, that match should rule. Osprey Mox Finley for the inaugural IWGP Global Heavyweight Championship. That looks great on paper. Um, <clears throat> Takahashi versus El Desperado for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title. 
That also sounds really great. Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi versus tag team champions Hikuleo and El Fantasmo for the IWGP Heavyweight and New Japan Strong Openweight Tag Team Championships. Clark Connors and Drilla Maloney uh, versus uh, versus TJP and Francesco Akira for the Junior IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Titles. Zack Saber Jr. versus Hiroshi Tanahashi for the New Japan. Uh, I'm sorry, NJPW World Television Championship and Shingo Takagi versus Tamatanga for the never open weight title. So, man, on paper, that card rules. And I'm sure that in practice, that is also, you know, going to pay off. So, um, you know, I know a bunch of uh, people who sort of listen here, watch some New Japan, but there's also a lot of AEW talent or people we've seen in AEW maybe even at uh, Forbidden Door, uh, who are on this card. So looks like it should be a lot of fun to kick off the new year with. Uh, Joe, we also saw uh, at the premiere for uh, The Iron Claw um, uh, that uh, MJF got to to meet uh, John Cena. Uh, so the pictures are are out there of that. Uh, but also we did get reports. Apparently it seems like um, MJF's uh, work, his on-screen work for the, the iron claw pretty much wound up on the cutting room floor. Now there are still some debates on that. Some people say it's not true. Some people say it's true. Some people say uh, it's true, but he's still in some scenes. If you look really close and squint your eye for like three seconds in the background, he's there. But uh, he's still an EP credit uh, on the movie about the Von Erics, and he did get to meet John Cena. So, hey, I mean, dreams do come true, I guess, Joe. I don't know how he got to meet John Cena, though, because most people can't see him. That's true. All I saw was him meeting Liv Morgan. Really? I didn't see that. No, hmm. I'd love to meet Liv Morgan. I'm just saying. I mean, talk about New Jersey. Well, that's very true. I can. She. I don't think she come comes from too far from where I live either. So, well, we could talk about some of the local joints. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe, there has been a lot of chatter this afternoon about Warner Brothers Dis- Warner Brother Discovery. And the possible rights to WWE Raw. Um, it's a lot of sort of like Twitter rumor stuff. I haven't seen any firm reports, but like it is lighting the world ablaze. <clears throat> and sort of to go hand in hand with all that, uh, it should be noted that AEW's current television contract with Warner Brothers Discovery is up at the end of uh, next year. Um, the next deal could also prove you know, to go a long way to determining if AEW is actually going to be profitable. Um, you know, also the ring of honor, you know, catalog was purchased this year or last year, you know, and that's, there's been a lot of rumors on that being part of deals and stuff like that. Um, but Tony Khan did get asked about this on December 12th during a media call to promote ring of honors, final battle. um, and um, he didn't really have much to say, but he did sort of confirm that negotiations are ongoing with Warner Brothers Discovery. Um, 
uh, as TNT and TBS's parent company continues to be mentioned as a potential bidder for Raw. So Tony did say, we've had really good talks with Warner Brothers Discovery, had a great visit with them today, and we are uh, we have a really exciting relationship that has grown a lot over the years and has expanded for AEW. Um, he also said, I definitely think, talking about the Ring of Honor uh Ring of Honor and the tape library as part of those talks. He said, I definitely think it's a value add for AEW and Ring of Honor to be aligned with media rights uh, that are coming up for AEW in 2024. It's going to be a very exciting time for AEW and it's great to have Ring of Honor there as far as strategic value. Um, You know, I don't think it's any surprise that uh, Tony Khan has sort of mentioned that he thinks that Max would be a great streaming partner for all of his wrestling companies. I think we've all discussed it here. That would sort of all be a no brainer, right? You get max, maybe you pay extra for the sports package and you get it. Um, but yeah. Um, and then uh, he also confirmed that a meet, uh, a meeting on Tuesday's call um, and uh, his answer seemed to confirm the strategy of bundling ring of honor and AEW rights. Um, uh, he said, as far as Ring of Honor TV rights, we've had a lot of interested parties. Uh, it's definitely something I've been holding on to and have ha- uh, haven't had a lot of detailed conversations. I think CW is a great network, and we did have a visit. Dennis visited us from Forum last year, and it was great. I have a lot of respect for Dennis Miller and the CW folks. Um, the timing for us wasn't necessarily right. But there are a lot of great interested people in the marketable, uh, I'm sorry, in the marketplace in both AEW and Ring of Honor. For 2024, it will be a really exciting time for pro wrestling and Ring of Honor added a good value going forward. So he's doubling down on that statement. Joe, what do you think will happen to Twitter? Especially Twitter, because it's just the cesspool of where you go for like, you know, everything. What would happen if Warner Brothers Discovery did purchase the rights to Raw. I mean, there's essentially no need to buy to renew AEW after 2024. Right. Um, there would be a lot of conversation pieces on Twitter and on the YouTubes about what that would mean for the two largest professional wrestling promotions. Does that mean one, you know, AEW gets cut out? Does it mean Warner Brothers Discovery decides to try to like have the two promotions somewhat maybe play nice with each other? Um, and maybe we get finding that the dream scenarios and the crossover events and the, the real forbidden door opens. Um, so you have all that kind of fancy booking and, and speculation run rampant. Um, but yeah, that would, it would be really interesting to see what what Warner Brothers Discovery would do. I mean, obviously, if it, if you have the option to pick up Raw, I mean, it's a no brainer. I think, right? Well, what's interesting is that there are. I mean, I agree with you, but it's interesting because there are some people out there saying, "Hey, like." Warner Brothers Discovery could possibly be on the verge of bankruptcy. Not like tomorrow, but sometime in 2024, if they don't play some of their investment cards right, they could file for bankruptcy. So, you know, 
if the deal you can make is for raw and raw will generate the revenue that you need, you could pull yourself out of that hole. Yeah. But then at the same time, it's like, do you really need two wrestling promotions? You know, part of your portfolio. Don't disagree with you. The, the possibility of a true forbidden door happening is something that a lot of people would probably find intrigue in. But also, I'm interested in what you said about a lot of the discourse that would happen via Twitter. My question would just be, will it be civil? Because it's amazing with the news breaking sort of and all the rumors going on earlier this afternoon as they continue to. Um, uh, You know, it's amazing how many people are just like, Oh, like AEW's trash. You should definitely buy, you know, you know, buy WWE. Mm-hmm. The other thing that's going around is like, well, CM Punk is with WWE, so they were high on him, so that might be why they want to bring back Raw. Um, but you know, it's a volatile situation. It's just wild. One else you spoke does make a good point uh, in the comments about no NBA negotiations in the spring and how no NBA on CNC is such a big, you know, a big thing for them. Yeah. I mean, they've sunk a lot into their NBA coverage um, and it apparently does really well for them. So uh, I think if they can get a deal there that works for them, then yeah, it's a, it's a huge cash generator for them. So um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what happens and what is sort of true and not true. So stay tuned. More to come. Um, but the last thing I have here, as we said, is uh, Friday night. There is a Ring of Honor uh, pay-per-view, the final battle pay-per-view uh, from Garland, Texas. Um, and when they announced this, I think we had mentioned like the card possibilities are pretty weak like i don't know what it's supposed to look like it's definitely taken shape and it's looking more intriguing than it was so the match list for final battle right now includes the ring of honor women's world championship that's athena versus billy starks the ring of honor uh world television championship uh that would be uh defended in a survival of the fittest with a match with Dalton Castle, Commander, Kyle Fletcher, uh, Lee Moriarty, Lee Johnson, and one more person. Um, Brian Danielson, John Moxley, and Claudio Castagnoli are going to be fighting FTR and uh, Mark Briscoe. Uh, Keith Lee will fight Shane Taylor, and then we'll have an I Quit match versus Ethan Page and Tony Nese. Um you know, it's it's uh, one of those shows, Joe, where like you know they announced, it and I was like, oh, I'll go back and watch it. But like, I don't know. A lot of these matches now intrigue me. Like the Athena Billy Stark story that they've been telling has been good. Um, the trios matches in honor of Jay Briscoe um, is a nice touch to me, and that you know that should be a nice match. Survival of the fittest is is a fun match too. So. Uh, you know, I'm a little more intrigued now. Uh, I do have honor club, so I should probably start getting a lot more use out of it. But, um, Joe, does that card right now intrigue you interested in watching the show? 
it intrigues me. I probably won't watch the show. Um, I think I still have someone's Real Iron Club login, so maybe I'll use it. Hey, might as well until they change the password. Do it. But honestly, that's it for the news and notes that I have tonight. Um, Ryan, we've gone through everything. Do you have something for tonight? No, I've tried. I I have been putting it to, to Wild Wild West. I have up until Switchblade, so I have the first three, and then I cannot make the rest work. And I am going to make the rest work, but I don't want to deliver a half product. Okay, I understand. But it's going so, to Wild Wild West. So then next week, um, you get we'll Wild Wild get West early, and then plug in for Wild Wild West. Yeah. Well, assuming the rankings don't change, because that's kind of how I'm laying out. <laughs> I got, sure. but yeah, I have. Like I said, I just don't want you know. I got up to the Switchblade, and then after that, it kind of falls apart. Okay, well, you heard it here, folks. Um, Ryan should have something next week to test out on air. Uh, as far as the the Continental Classic rankings go. So stay tuned. Will they be a rap? Will they be a song? Uh, something that's sung? Uh, sounds like Ryan's going to try to go a little, you know, like Hannah Montana said, you get the best of both worlds. So. Will there be a cowboy hat involved? I didn't even think about it, but now there has to be. Yes, there has to be, because it's going wild, wild, wild. I just want to make sure people tune in next week for this. I mean, if there's one thing we've learned, Ryan has costumes and accessories. So yes, plenty of them. Uh, all right, gang, that's going to do it for us tonight, but we're going to wrap up with some business first. Joe, why don't you plug whatever you want to plug? Sure. Find me on social media at underscore Asian Joe. In my bio, you can find a link to my serial review blog where I kind of test out random novelty serials. I haven't done one in a while. So if you have a uh, a suggestion, just you know, at me and let me know. All right, you heard it here, folks. Joe's looking for your recommendations for serials to put into his blog because he's at the point now where he is eating his Saturday morning cereal and watching Dateline. So um if you got an idea, send it along to Joe. Um, Shlong, what would you like to plug? Uh, follow me on our socials at Mark Order Pod, and then follow my history blog here for history.com. All right. And I will plug, uh, just like everybody else has, uh, our socials at Mark Order Pod, X, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. Um, definitely give us a follow. If you go to one of those pages and you're following us, hit the link tree. There's links to all of our other socials there. Sort of a one-stop shop. You can go and subscribe and like and do all that kind of stuff. Um, you definitely want to be following us on social. Twitter, you know, is a good one. Um, uh, because as I said earlier, uh, before we started talking dynamite, we are working on a whole bunch of stuff for 2024, which would include a bunch of additional content. Uh, a website is coming, um, much like winter website is coming. Um, and, uh, hopefully we'll have some things maybe that we write and put up there, some op-eds, whatever. So, um, definitely follow us on our socials, uh, to see what's going on. And when we're looking for help from, from you guys, um, 
but if you want to follow me, my personal stuff, it's at Ant Money on X, at Ant Money 247 on Instagram. Uh, so feel free to give me a follow if you want to see the bullshit I post. It's not a lot. So no worries. Um, thank you, everybody who is watching along tonight. 1LT Photo, um, Scott George, of course. The Ravishing SJ checking in earlier, as well as Slonomite. I want to throw Slonomite into that mix as well. Uh, and we also want to thank uh, our collective best friend, Jesse Ozog. Hi, Jesse Ozog. Thanks for watching along tonight, pal. We always appreciate you here. One of these nights, we're going to get Jesse Ozog to guest on this show, and I am going to have so much fun with that. I just won't be here that night. Oh, you'll be here. No. You'll be no. here. No. We won't um, tell you when. What's that? We won't tell him when. No, no, no. I'll just leave. Uh, so definitely, uh, if you haven't checked us out on YouTube, head on over there. You can see all of the podcasts in uh, video format and our bonus content, all in video format. Make sure you subscribe to the page so you also can get alerted about when we uh, have videos coming um, and uh, all that kind of jazz. Um, thank you too, to anybody who's listening after the fact in podcast form that greatly, 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 uh, helps us, uh, especially if you rate, like, uh, subscribe review, whatever, uh, helps us in the, in the algorithm. So, uh, if you're, uh, listening to us in podcast form, make sure you give us a subscribe helps us in any platform you're in. Uh, and, uh, if you'd like to support us monetarily with a little bit of your hard-earned dollars head over to our pro wrestling tea store that link is in the link tree in any of our social bios um but you could also go to pro wrestling tees.com slash mark order pod or search the mark order podcast on pro wrestling tees if you're you know shopping for other stuff and then you'll find our four t-shirts um two front prints two double-sided prints uh so plenty to choose from at this point in time uh we thank you uh we thank you guys who have bought a shirt already and uh, also to the people who are still considering it uh, and eventually going to gonna, gonna um, buy a shirt. So thank you guys. Other than that, make sure you got to tune in. You got to tune in next week because Ryan said he's going to sing or rap or both um, our uh, standings in the Continental Classic, especially because we will have them um, after collision ends on, uh, Saturday. Um, so tune in next week for Ryan on his wrap along, uh, with the standings. Uh, and, um, yeah, we thank you guys for listening. Ryan, thank you, pal. A lot of fun as always. Joe, a pleasure. I'm vamping because I don't have any of this stuff in the right spot. My apologies. All right, we're set now. So uh, thanks again, guys. We'll be back next week on the Mark Order podcast, doing what we do best, talking everything in the world of AEW and chatting along with you guys. So uh, stay cool until next week, and we will see you then.
concludes the Mark Order Podcast. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Join the Mark Order.